Welcome to Making It Happen, a podcast all about sharing stories of those who have made it happen their way. This is about motivating those from all walks of life to know that no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, and especially no matter how old you are, that you can make whatever you want to happen a reality. These stories have inspired me, and I know they will inspire you. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Making It Happen. I'm your host, Adrienne Huntley, and as always, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today for another episode of the show. For those of you who are new here, this show is all about sharing incredible stories of young people to encourage anyone and everyone that nothing is stopping you from following your dreams and making it happen. That being said, I'm incredibly excited to introduce you to today's guest. Today, I welcome Grayson Russell to the podcast. Y'all may know Grayson from the big screen, but I know Grayson from our small hometown of Clanton, Alabama. So I'm so, so excited to have Grayson on the show today. How are you, Grayson? I'm doing fantastic, Ada. I'm doing really good. That's incredible. Now, before we get started, I want to give everybody an idea of what you do. Grayson is no stranger to the big screen and has made quite a name for himself over the years. He was born and raised in Clanton, Alabama, and discovered his love for acting when he began doing commercials for a local automobile dealership at the age of six. At age seven, he landed his first feature film from an open call, playing Will Ferrell's feisty red-haired son, Texas Ranger, in Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Grayson is known for his role as Fregley in Diary of a Wimpy Kid trilogy and Tommy in Gary Marshall's final film, Mother's Day, alongside Jennifer Aniston, Julia Roberts, and Jason Sudeikis. Grayson's credits now include 16 television and film projects for production companies such as Disney, Sony, and 20th Century Fox, working with Danny Glover, Josh Lucas, Jane Lynch, Kevin Pollock, Mina Savari, and Stephen Graham. Grayson is also a recent graduate of Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. So, Grayson, obviously you've had an incredible career in the entertainment industry, but a lot of people don't know that you just kind of fell into acting, like actually. Um, (laughs) Tell us about that experience and how you kind of started, got started in this career. Yeah. So uh, I started doing commercials for McKinnon's, which, you know, is is at home, just a local car dealership, um, solely because uh, the owner's son went to school. My mom, you know, my personality, I was really outgoing, would talk to anybody. Uh, That part hasn't changed for better or for worse. And uh, but he would use like the local varsity cheer squad. This wasn't anything like, you know, super, you know, prestigious, um, you know, in his commercials to sell cars. That's all it was. And uh, I ended up doing those for, for about eight years. Um, but I had, I had done it for about a year at the time and just, you know, I enjoyed it. I was six. I didn't know any better. I got a Game Boy game out of it and you know, I was happy. You know, mom would come check me out from Susie Seals class in the first grade and I'd go film something. So, like I said, I did that for about a year. And then a, a lady came in mom's office. My mom's an accountant. Uh, she's been an accountant in town for 20 years or so, whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> it's a lot. She said, hey, there's this uh, audition going on in Birmingham for some Will Ferrell movie. I think you should you should take Grayson to it if he likes doing it. And the only reason we went, only reason we went was because dad went fishing. Dad went fishing. Me and mom were bored, had nothing else to do. And uh, so mom thought, well, you know, hey, you know, Grayson, you like doing the McKinnis? I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I was six, didn't know anybody. Yeah, I had a fun time. Well, you know, if you want to keep doing that, let's go figure out how to audition. Let's go figure out how this kind of tryout works. You know, so that, you know, if you want to do something a little bigger or you just want to get better at it, then, you know, let's let's go see how, it, you know, see how it turns out. And uh, I went and auditioned for Talladega Nights. There was probably, I don't know, two, three thousand kids there auditioning for two roles, which I didn't know that. Um, 
went in, auditioned, uh, had two separate auditions in that moment or in that particular day. A couple weeks later, went for callbacks in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, came back by Six Flags because we figured we'd make it a, a family vacation, um, if nothing else. And, and our whole mindset behind it, which I didn't have a mindset. I was seven years old. I didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, mom, I remember mom saying, you know, we, I think this might be a real movie. Like, we didn't even understand that this was like an actual thing. We're like, all right, cool. Wild Goose Chase, we'll, we'll, we'll come back by Six Flags and, you know, make it worth our trip. And um we did. And I think about two weeks later, they called and said, Hey, uh, Grayson got the part, come to Charlotte, North Carolina and, you know, block her schedule out for the next two months. Um, and we'll start filming. And so that was, it, it, fe- it fell in my lap. Um, that, that an open call is, is what that audition was, you know, um, it's kind of the category it was, they put a newspaper on in the, you know, an article in the newspaper. Anybody could have gone to it. Um, really rare now, super rare then. And I got it. Um, through, through, through no power of my own, I saw the good Lord. Um, and here I am. So 16 or so feature film or, or t- 11 feature films later. So 12 films total and um, odds and ends on different episodics for different companies, different things. Um, but that's how I got into it. I was able to stay in it. Uh, there's this, this, uh, this actor, his name's Michael Hart Duncan, who he's passed a couple years ago. G- gigantic, really, really, really big man. Um, I knew him from the Scorpion King. I was little when I was a kid. He was the uh, John Coffey in the Green Mile with Tom Hanks, who I, I, I just recently got to work with. And um, he would always pick me up on his shoulder and he would walk me around. I was like, hey, anybody been messing with you today? Boy, precious, precious man. Um, when we went to the premiere a year later, he set me up with his manager, um, which I, I think that conversation with the, was along the lines of, you know, hey, here's this kid. Um, he's got a little bit of potential. I think, you, you know, you should, you should take him on. Um, that was from no thought of our own that wasn't something we were kind of jimmy in for michael showed up on the carpet with his manager and said here you need to meet this kid and i feel like we we had an official meeting with him the next morning and here i am um, that's how i was able to stay in the business from clanton alabama with nine thousand people in it on a good day i absolutely love that story it's it's iconic can you imagine if your dad hadn't gone fishing that day oh, like yeah. your life would be so different Life has been totally different. So now every time I get an audition, Dad's like, "All right, cool, head to the river." See y'all later. <laughs> it's like, well, we can't really do anything about it. I love that audition tradition. So you obviously ended up in the industry on a whim, but you have continued to act even to today. Why is that? I love it. I feel like it's it's what I'm supposed to do. I know a lot of people feel like they're supposed to do a lot of things. Um, I, I feel like acting is is definitely one of them. It was too much of a coincidence, and I don't really believe in that anyway. It was supposed to happen because these things aren't supposed to happen. This was totally, absolutely ordained by the good Lord that I was supposed to do this. And I mean, I'm not the best actor in the world. I do my best at it. I try really hard at it. I work really hard at it. Um, I don't understand. And a lot of times I I struggle with understanding, well, why me, Lord? You know, why am I the one that that gets to do this Um, when I know so many people work so hard to, you know, be in this industry? Um, I just did a, uh, just had a film come out called Greyhound, which we may or may not be nominated for three Academy Awards yet. We're not entirely sure yet, but we, we may be, we're, we're, we're competing for the nomination right now. I don't know if that, that may have changed the day. But we had 7,000 people audition for, for two parts, really. Um, it's an extremely competitive, extremely competitive environment, competitive industry. But here I sit, um, and I love it, and I love doing it. Um, I'm, of course, I'm passionate about all kinds of stuff. I like doing music. Um, I like to play softball. I suck at softball, but I like playing it. doesn't matter. I enjoy doing it. Um, 
you know, I love to sing. I, I love to do that. I've always um, been really involved with, with um, church ministries and, and church music in that. So I'm still doing that. That's something I do pretty regularly, whatever I can, whatever I can get into. And, uh, but yeah, acting is something that I really want to do. I'm doing my master's right now in clinical mental health counseling. So it's a whole totally other end. My undergrad's in film. Um, but here I am doing something totally different. So we'll see. Well, you know, it's casting a wide net, you know, whatever the line is, see what sticks. Absolutely. I love it. And we'll talk more about school and what kind of led to that choice here in a minute. But you've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible celebrities like Will Ferrell, Jennifer Aniston, Tom Hanks, and that's just to name a few. Have you ever had moments in your work that you were starstruck or are you kind of used to it at this point? Uh, no. Um, uh, I mean, everybody's people don't get, I mean, no, no different, no different than, than me and you are human. And we put our pants on one, one leg at a time. Um, but there's always people that you, know, you look up to um, and all the times I've, I've been starstruck, which have, uh, there's three times that I've been starstruck. Um, and it was all from people that I just never thought was, I, I would ever meet, you know, it's something that, um, working with Tom Hanks, that's not even something that I would dream about. You know, that's not, that's so far removed from, you know, what, what kind of small capacity that, that my brain works in. I never thought I'd be on a, you know, Navy ship screaming at Tom Hanks getting shot at by German submarines. That does you know, that's not something that just crosses your mind on a daily basis. Like, hmm, I'd really like to do that. No, that's so far removed from, from anything I could have ever dreamed of. Um, but the first thing, the first time I got uh, starstruck was I was doing a, uh, an episode of this Disney XD show called I'm in the band, which ran for a couple seasons, might have ran for three seasons. Um, and we had conjoined studios more or less. We shared dressing room space with sweet life on deck, which I was, nine maybe nine maybe ten no, i was nine um so you know we're there sweet life on deck is is sweet life on deck obviously that's you know it was a titan at the time still is um and uh i didn't i didn't realize that since it was the first episode i guess it was kind of customary for the other shows to come watch you do your thing live which doing it live is terrifying enough as it is when you've got you know dylan and cole sprouse and brenda song and phil lewis everybody watching you and you're from clanton alabama in the middle of nowhere yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> like that, that'll freak you out. And um, the Talladega Nights, I wasn't really starstruck because I didn't know any better. I didn't really. Will Will Ferrell had just an elf, but I was seven, so that really didn't compute. You know that this is, buddy. The elf, I have a signed copy of Elf at the house. It says "See you in Hollywood" because he gave it to me at the rap party, um, and we were going on to you know the uh, the premiere. Um, so I had never been starstruck up to that point. And I started talking to Debbie Ryan, who's, you know, the, the, you know, heartthrob of my generation, probably um, for, for sure. When I was that age and uh, she said, Oh my God, you're the little redheaded kid from Talladega Nights. I was like, yeah, yeah. And cause I mean, it's not, it's just part of my life. No, no different than, than anything else. She was, I've, you're my ringtone. I lost it. I came absolutely unglued. And so here I am. It's like, this is God, you know, this is Debbie Ryan next to me. We were sitting on this little push cart thing, which is, I mean, there were seats. I don't know why we were sitting and we were sitting off to the side because the, the, the actual shooting was going on because it's live. I just wasn't in that particular part. And she whipped out. I think it was it was either a BlackBerry or a flip phone. It's probably a BlackBerry. And my voice was on Debbie Ryan's ringtone. You know, that was that was cool. I mean, that's um, it's, it's really humbling, um, you know, because I'm from Clinton. My mom's an accountant. You know, most everybody's peach farmers. I'm not supposed to be an actor at all but here i you know here i am and debbie ryan's got my my uh my 
Talladega Nights lines on her on her ringtone. De- Debbie, I was definitely starstruck by her, and I, I saw her again later when we were doing one of the Wimpy Kid movies. We can get into that. Um, Danny Glover was a huge one. Um, obviously, really, really, really well-known African-American actor. Um, he, um, I had never seen Lethal Weapon at the time, which was a travesty. Um, but I had grown up watching Predator and Lonesome Dove, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and um, Robert Duvall, and I was – absolutely floored when they said, yeah, we just cast Danny Glover. He's going to work three or four days on the shoot. And it was uh, myself and um, Savannah Jade and Boo Boo Stewart and uh, Thomas Horn, who had just done Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close. And we were working for, I don't know, two months in Huntsville, Alabama at the Space and Rocket Center. And here comes Danny for two or three days. And it's like, okay, here's God. <laughs> and you're getting to work with him for two days. Um and and then of course uh, getting to work with Tom was was a dream. Um, but we can we we we'll cross that bridge when we get there, for sure. And and you just had the opportunity to work with so many incredible people. But yet throughout these experiences, you still managed to have a mostly normal high school experience. Like I saw you around a lot. Yeah. Why was it so important to you to have that time and to be in Clinton and experience that alongside your peers? Um. And you're the same way because we're from the same spot. I graduated high school with the kids I went to preschool with when I was two. Um, Nathan Martin is my best friend, and I can show you the tile, the individual tile in the tile floor that I was standing on when I met him, and I was four. Um, Clamps, small clamps, tight, we're all close-knit, and and I definitely uh, accredit everything I am now um, you know, to the people that I was around. I'm, I'm a product of my environment. Um, they never treated me any different. It was, hey, Grayson's back. And, you know, I mean, you didn't treat me any different. Grayson's back. Okay, Grayson's gone. Where'd Grayson go? I don't know. He's somewhere. Come back two months later and be like, hey, yeah, it's good to see you again. Come over this weekend. Having a, a, a normal life was extremely important um, because I, I didn't know any better. Uh, and and that's, that's, all I, that's all I wanted. Um, it was a big reason why I didn't do a lot of television. Um, any TV shows coming up was because I wanted to be able, that's what I loved about film was with Wimpy Kid or with Talladega Nights or with Mother's Day or Rainbow Tribe or whatever. I would go to Timbuktu for two months, come back. Everything's cool. Um, so that's what I really, really loved about film is that I still had, I got to come home. I got to come home. I got to see my family. I got to see the people that have raised me that, that I've grown up with. Um, high school was hard though, because, and I, I explained this to you, um, Earlier, I didn't work for three years during high school I, uh, at all. And it wasn't for like a try in my freshman year. I worked my tail off uh, sophomore, junior, senior year. Didn't do a single job until my first week of my senior year of high school. And that was when that was doing Mother's Day with um, Julia Roberts and Jennifer Aniston and Jason Sudeikis and Lonnie Love, who's tearing it up right now. Um, Lucy Walsh, one of my best friends, um, came off that shoot. Dave Vingas. Um Sorry, that was that was a lot of names, um, but they're people that are awfully you know important and very influential in, in how I how I work and how I live. Um, but not working for those three years, it was hard because it was like, okay, well, I guess I'm. Is it done? You know, is it over? Because this is what I want to do, and it's like, all right, you've kind of ridden the the whatever you've ridden it to the top more or less you know as high as i've ever been and it's like okay you know here we sit for three you know four years for however long because i'm not working it was super 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 discouraging but to break it down when i was two years old i wanted to draw pictures and ride bulls and be george Strait. those are my aspirations 
as a child, I didn't want to be an actor, but I didn't know I could be. And, you know, you break that down. I want to draw pictures. I want to be creative. You know, I like artsy things. I want to be George Strait. I want to entertain people and I want to ride bulls. I don't know where the crap that came from. I want to have a good time. That's what I, you know, discern from that piece. But the entertainment part, um, I fell in love with Blast, which for those of you who don't know what that is, that's a, a little local thing that we do at home that I think is probably, gosh, 26 years, 25 maybe probably more than that, 27, 28 years running. Um, it's just a school show, and we'll all get out there and dress up like Motley Crue or Johnny Cash or Ada did Tina Turner, if you can find a video of that. That'll be worth something one day, if it's not already. Um, it's something that I grew up you know, watching in all the elementary school, and the whole school system would go and watch this thing. And keep in mind, Clanton's not huge, but like this is what everybody went to. We didn't have concerts, but by God, we had a bunch of high schoolers dressing up in wigs and you know, fishnets. And, you know, throwing makeup on and getting out there and, you know, throwing it down. Um, so that was something that was really important to me to get to do that. Now, that kind of sounds horrible now the way I put it. Um, but, I mean, my freshman year, I, I got to be Motley, you know, I got to do Motley Crue. And I got to do um, Rolling Stones and Whitesnake and Bon Jovi. And, like, those are parts that, I, you know, things that I will remember for the rest of my life. Because I didn't get the, the childhood aspect of I didn't get to play football. I didn't get to play baseball. I didn't get to do any sports. Not that I would have excelled. Um, but I would try, um, solely because I couldn't get hurt. Um, I couldn't get out and tear an ACL or, you know, break my collarbone because with the, the frequency that I was working coming up through middle school and that kind of formative time for sports, for sure. I did, I think over, over three years, I think I did five films. Um, so I, I couldn't physically expose myself to anything that would, you know, hurt me. You know, I could ride an inner tube, but that was pushing it. You know, like I couldn't, there's, there's a, there's a part of my childhood that I, that I couldn't um, indulge in, you know, there was things that I knew that I couldn't do because, well, you know, don't get on a trampoline. Cause if you break your leg, you know, that you've got to go to Vancouver in a month and a half and we don't know how long that's going to be. So there was, there was definitely some give and take. Now that's, you know, obviously small looking back at it, but I was able to have a normal childhood um, I, as normal as it could have been. And that's something that I'm awfully grateful for um, yet still been able to say, Hey, I've got to go to Vancouver for two months and I'll see y'all in October. And, um, come back and pick up in Miss Collins English class or Miss Cheney's English class, you know, right, right where you left off, keep on rolling. I love that. And I can speak for myself and so many others from our hometown of just how much of a blessing it was to like get to know you and support you all through high school, even when you were back and forth and filming and doing this and on a red carpet one day and at prom the next day. So it was just certainly so cool to to know you and still is cool to know you and get to support you in all your ventures. That was that was a really funny part. So our prom, my senior prom was on like, I think it was April 4th. And I had the premiere for Mother's Day, which was on the carpet at the Chinese Theater and, you know, on Hollywood Boulevard with Ashley Tisdale and... Uh, John Stamos and Bob Saget and Joey Roberts and Jennifer Aniston and all these people was the day before my senior prom. Um, so as soon as we finished the premiere, like all that was said and done, I went to bed, got up, hopped on a plane. All I did was change out my undershirt, had the same suit on, same everything, and went to my senior prom. Like I remember we landed in Montgomery. I still had like my clothes in my bag, drove to the like the okay. So Clanton's really small. There's only about two places you go to take prom pictures that are two people's houses. One's a, I guess it was a retired judge. Um, and I don't I don't remember what the other other places. There's a couple of different places we'll go. I showed up, threw my tux on, changed my undershirt, you know, my girlfriend at the time was there and we all took pictures. And again, it's with the kids that I graduated high school with when I was two. Um, here we are at our senior prom. So there's these moments that I was able to have that I was still able to, you know, hold on to and experience. Um 
that I wouldn't have got to otherwise. Um, so that was a blessing. And you're still in school. You know, you graduated last May with your bachelor's degree and are now in a master's program, whereas many in your industry would focus solely on acting. Why has continuing to pursue your education been so important to you? Honestly, it's because I feel like I'm not doing if I'm If I'm only doing one thing, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. My mom has always been really, 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 really good about keeping me on my toes and not letting grass grow under my feet. And I know your mom's the same way, dear God, of all, all the different things that your mom has going on. And then I told you this uh, last week or whenever the last time was we talked that your parents are two of the most hustling individuals I have ever met in my life. Um, I don't know how many irons your dad has in the fire. I know he's probably got them. He probably forgets half of them. Um, I, I feel like your mom really kind of keeps them in check and everything in line. But man, your dad's got so much stuff going on. Um, and the, it's, it's everything. Your whole family's like that. And just the the taking the time to sit is rare. And sometimes that's all you want to do. And right now that's all I want to do. But I just finished uh, like a paper and a half today with my master's degree at this, the uh, Pentecostal Theological Seminary uh, in, uh, up here in Cleveland, Tennessee. And my master's is in um, clinical mental health counseling, um, which is something that I really kind of got into um, from just a ministerial kind of background of, of you know, doing church work and, and just trying to help people. Um, I think it, it definitely validates the things that we go through as individuals when you can, you know, a year or two later, turn it around with someone who's doing, you know, going through the exact same situation and walk them through that and go, Hey, this is what I did. Don't do that because that's freaking horrible. Even though it sounds like a really, really, really good idea right now. Um, that's another thing that I feel like I'm meant to do. Um, no different than, than on film sets. Um, you get so close to people. I mean, with, uh, with Wimpy Kid, we were in Vancouver, British, British Columbia and Canada uh, for two and a half months. And most of us were working about 10 hours a day. And we were 12, you know, uh, 10 or 11, maybe 12, I think was, was when we did the last one. Um, Greyhound, we were working 14, 15 hour days for two months. Um, so you are with everyone all the time. Um, and there's, there's a, a, a lot of doors that get open to help people if you're willing to. Um, and I really want to get qualified in that because I feel like that's probably the other thing that I'm supposed to do. Um, but I've always got something going on, whether I want to or not. Most of the time I don't. But I was asking mom the other day, she was like, do you, is this, you know, are you liking your master's program? Because this is, I'm in my second semester. She's like, so do you like the first semester? And I was like, yeah, and being honest with you, I don't like doing the work, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm living up to my potential if I'm not doing something else. So education is very important, even though I don't like being educated. Um, it's, I don't like it at all um, because I want to sit and, you know, have a good time. Um, not that you can't have a good time and get an education, but boy, there's a balance to it. So all that to say education is real important. Mom will kick my butt if I don't. Well, I can certainly relate to that. And, you know, obviously with me, I'm in student leadership and working a part-time job and managing a podcast. Like we are just people who cannot be doing one thing at one, at one time. Like, so I, I totally understand that. And so you're also an incredibly talented musician. I know we talked about blast, but a lot of people don't know that about you and your career. So, you know, you're in school, you have this music career, you're acting, you're doing all of these things. How have you managed your time between school, acting, and your music among so many other things you have going on? 
I, I wish I knew what to tell you <laughs> because, um, again, it's a lot. Um, it's a, it, especially when they're all things that you're passionate about. I don't really know how I keep all of it on track. I, I really don't keep all of it on track if we're being 100% honest. Um, because it's, it's stuff that I'm passionate about, um, passionate about, um, music came first. Um, that was something that was more of kind of an innate, uh, just kind of natural thing that I gravitated towards acting again, just kind of fell in my lap. That just happens like, okay, all right, let's figure out how to do this. Um, and, and most people that I've come across within the, you know, film community are also musically inclined. So that kind of is one in the same more or less, but it is hard because you, you, you prioritize the things you love and it's hard when sometimes those things conflict, um, schedule wise, um, or especially with doing music. I have a band here in town and you know, you've got a, okay, I've got an audition that's due at 10 o'clock at night. All right. I got to do that. But also we have to rehearse because you know, I've got, you know, we've got a show in Chattanooga or, or wherever that we've got to go play that that has to be really good. Um, but also this particular audition could dictate the rest of my life if it, goes well um the hardest part about film and music as well politics um maybe architecture i don't know is the fact that your work will outlive you for better or for worse somebody seven years from now is going to see talladega nights for something i'm having to watch stuff from the 20s and 30s or or i did for my undergrad um you know with with of course actors and directors who have you know been dead and gone a long time and it doesn't matter when you're filming if you know your granddad just died which happened um or you know your girlfriend breaks up with the day before which happened or you know you've got 104 fever and a stomach bug and you're puking your guts out but you also have to perform because that's the day and you got to get up there and do it because that's why you're in vancouver canada um so it, there's with the film and with the music too. The film, particularly, is a super, super pressurized environment, and you have to perform because it'll outlive you. Um, so that's that's definitely. And I think uh, Olivia Wilde. I was in uh, an interview where where she made that point. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Why this is so hard? <laughs> um, because you want to make a good impression and you want to prioritize the right things, um, and that's really difficult when it's all stuff that you love. Um, it's a balance and I haven't found it yet, but I'm making it. Um, I don't really have the the formula for it. If I did, I'd tell you, um, one day at a time, sweet Jesus has, it's about all you can do. That is all you can do. You know, people ask me that question all the time and I give them the exact same response. I don't know, but I'm taking it a day at a time and that's all I can do. You know, you've, you've had such an incredible career and, you know, it begs the question, out of all of your work that you've been able to accomplish, what project are you most proud of? Man, um, I, I like all of them for different reasons. It's kind of like having kids. You can't just be like, this is my favorite because they'll tick all the other ones off. Um, obviously, Talladega Nights is my first, and that's not something that um, any of us really realized would have the impact that it did. Um, just culturally um as far as you know being a little you know a little slice of you know americana that's just kind of part of it and that's really i'm i peaked at seven <laughs> you know I, some people you know peak in the, you know their senior high school crap I, you know i hit my height at seven years old so hey whatever um the wimpy kids uh I, it was a, a different kind of effect 
Um, but the fact that I still go speak at schools to third and fourth and fifth graders as their, you know, reading teachers are taking them through the Wimpy Kids series with kids who weren't even alive when I auditioned for it that still think that's the coolest thing in the world, you know, and it's the, the it's again, it outliving you. It's the longevity that you don't expect. Um, I think probably the, the one I, I'm the proudest of right now. And it, you know, it, it changes, um, because it's all situational. Um, it's definitely Greyhound, which is the, the one I, that, that just came out uh, in, in July of last year. It's a World War II naval film uh, with Tom Hanks. That was the hardest film I've ever done. I think for a lot of the people on that shoot, it was the most difficult film they've done. Um, you know, and it's a shoot with Tom Hanks and who's Tom Hanks and Elizabeth Shue, who's Elizabeth Shue and Rob Morgan, who's killing it right now. And Stephen Graham, who just did The Irishman. I was surrounded by excellence on every level from the key grip, who's more or less kind of the head of construction who worked on the Goonies when he was a kid um, to the, the head stunt coordinator who worked on perfect storm um, or the, the wardrobe designer who worked on the Revenant, you know, all these different tiers of just excellence from can to cane, just to be in, in the presence of that number one, um, but also still being able to function you know, properly and do your job and to, you know, hopefully do that job well, because just because of who you're working with and the, and the people that you're representing the greatest generation right before I did Greyhound, uh, I had a really dear friend from home pass away who was in the Pacific in world war two. Um, so it's a, it's a tribute to people who lived on this planet who did extremely important and valiant things and you want to represent them well. Uh, There's a different weight to it than than anything else I had really done. And that made all the difference. I love that. And certainly excited to watch it when I get a moment because it sounds like it's a a really cool film. And, you know, dad being a history teacher, he all that up. (laughs) But, you know, thank you so much for sharing everything today. And you've said so many impactful things and it, it truly is just an honor to know you, but for everyone listening who is now incredibly inspired by your story, how would you encourage them to make it happen in their own life? I don't mean to go all spiritual into this because I know half of you probably don't give a, give a crap and that's okay to each their own. Um, but the good Lord will give you the desires of your heart. You might not know what those are. Um, and I know, God, I always hated when, when you know, Disney Channel be like, God, just be yourself. And I'm like, that's the biggest bunch of bull crap I've ever heard in my life. Um, or, you know, follow your dreams or all this other bull crap. And I was like, that just, that's stupid. I'm the first person in my family to go off to school. Um, my mom's an accountant. My dad has worked in the construction realm all his life. I'm not supposed to be an actor, but here I am. I came out with like a 3839 at a liberal arts school. That's not supposed to happen. I'm from Clinton with 9,000 people in it, who most of them, again, are peach farmers, and I love them to death. It's a different, it's my home. And, and there was a time where it was very difficult living in two totally different environments because I grew up in Clinton, but the other half was spent all over the rest of the continent. But reining it in, if I can do this mess, baby, you can do whatever you want to um, and do well at it and, and succeed at it. If it's something you want to do, do it. Um, 
because I've gotten to a point now, whether it's with my professional career or the relationships that I have with people, that I don't want to be 80-something sitting on my front porch, you know, fat and happy, wishing that I hadn't tried the things that I wanted to, that I hadn't put myself out there to do this or that, or that I hadn't capitalized on that moment because that would have changed my life or somebody else's. You've got to be willing to take those moments. And I feel like the the good Lord will help you to do that. Um, I try not to worry about having the strength to do something because I, I feel like if it's supposed to happen, I'll have it when it gets there. The biggest thing I learned in college was it's okay to not know everything. It's okay to not know why everything happens the way it does. Um, and that's not, you know, that's neither here nor there. Good, bad, or indifferent. But life will happen. And there will be things that you won't know why it happened. But it's not your job to know why. Stick it out. That's what the good Lord's for. If I can do it, you can do it. That's about it. If, if really, for real. Because um, I'm, I'm not much. I'm here. And hopefully I'll be here tomorrow. Not promised it, but hopefully I will be. Hopefully I'll be here for a long time. But you got to capitalize on the moments that you have and that you're provided. You just got to be willing to. Got to be ready. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Grayson. And, you know, I feel like it's it's so different because you understand home and you understand Clinton and, there's so many people who have not and will not be afforded the opportunities that you and I have been blessed to have. And so it certainly carries a a different weight to it. So thank you so much for being on the show and thank you so much for sharing your heart and your passion and your talents with all of us. And I know so many people are going to get so much out of this episode for everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of making it happen. If you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe. So you don't miss an episode each and every week. If you like this episode, leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, because I'd love to see your feedback. And lastly, be sure to follow the Instagram page at making it happen underscore podcast for new content regularly about the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that this episode inspired you to make it happen. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of making it happen. I hope that you join me each week for a brand new episode and are sure to follow the podcast Instagram page at making it happen underscore podcast. I hope that you left this episode inspired and are ready to go make it happen.